Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The thing about the Home and Auto Bundle from Progressive is that by now you've heard a lot of ads about the Home and Auto Bundle from Progressive. We don't even need the words the Home and Auto Bundle anymore to tell you that you could save big with the ring-tailed lemur from Progressive or that every hot peach cobbler comes with round-the-clock service and protection. And that's the thing about the goat with magic powers. You've heard a lot of ads about the sushi in Vancouver. See how much you could save with the Home and Auto Bundle. <clears throat> with the Shaman in the Jungle from Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast postgame show is brought to you by Triple Threat Sports, Marishka's Chuck's Southern Coverage Cafe, and SeatGiant.com. Let's drop the puck. Welcome to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast postgame show with 670 The Score's Jay Zawoski and NBC Chicago's James Navo. Welcome into a postgame edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. My name is James Navo from NBC5 Chicago. Originally, it was just going to be me tonight, but we decided that with the news of the day, we needed to have Jay Zawoski of 670 The Score on to kind of discuss things. And Jay, we literally, literally just talked last night that the Blackhawks were trying to add more speed to their lineup with the roster moves that they were making. And then less than 24 hours later... They go out and get one of the absolute fastest skaters in the NHL, and they get Anthony Duclair in a trade with the Arizona Coyotes. Well, we're going to get into that for sure, but while I'm still aggravated about this game, let's talk a little bit about the game first, and then we'll get into the trade because this should have been a very good and exciting day for the Hawks, and this game tonight kind of put a, I don't know, Put a put a, a sour note on what should have been a good day and what should have been a good forty eight hours. And I'm not going to rag on the Blackhawks too much for this one. Two nights in a row, one game in Ottawa, one game in Chicago. Understandable that as the game went on, they started to get fatigued a little bit. That's natural. That's normal. But this one to me is on Joel Quenville. Okay, yep. I know the team made a trade. I know they got rid of Richard Panic today. You still had Thomas Yurko up here. He could have been playing tonight instead of twenty six minutes for Patrick Kane. 
on the second night of a back-to-back. And then you have eight minutes of uh, Tommy Wingles and eight minutes of Connor Murphy. You really didn't need eight defensemen tonight, did you? Or seven defensemen tonight, did you? Absolutely not. No. Nope. It just it just frustrates me. In a game that they played very well, they dominated. They had a couple sh- chances that should have gone in that didn't, and some bad luck. But he's got to predict that fatigue, and you can't play. And in and in and every time you play the Wild, you know it's going to be a tight game. They play a defensive style. It's rarely a blowout. You know, it's always going to be within a goal, within two goals. You need Patrick Kane fresh at the end of the game. He was not. The power play at the end of the game was brutal. It just was a total crap show tonight, and it could have all been avoided if he would just stop overthinking and put out a normal lineup. It just drove me crazy. And the longer the game went on, staying tied, and then Minnesota taking the lead, the more aggravated I got about the whole thing. This game should have been a win. It could have been a win. And it's two huge points that got away from them tonight. I literally, when I saw the lineup, I said to Siafa Lewis at NBC, I just said, why is Joel doing this? Like, I just, I don't, I, I don't get it, man. I do not get this idea of it being somehow a good thing that you have to spend literally an entire game shuffling your freaking lineup around because you only have 11 forwards and you have seven defensemen the constant rotating of lines basically ensures that you're not going to get any continuity on offense at all you are not going to get a consistent push and what we've seen the last few weeks is that they've had these two lines the two top lines and they've been playing really really well together and it's been working really well so what does joel quenville do just for whatever reason decides that he wants to tie one of the Blackhawks' collective hands behind their back in a divisional game against a team you are tied with in the standings. And the fact that Joel Quenville just decided, no, instead of, you know, keeping Brent Seabrook out of the lineup, you know, the the team scored eight goals last night, yada, yada. No, instead what he does is keep all six defensemen in, add Brent Seabrook in, and then for whatever damn reason decides that it'd be a really good idea to run guys like Patrick Kane and Jordan Osterley into the ground against a very tough, very physical, very fast opponent. And he literally didn't have to. Like, I totally get it. If you have, like, an injury happen or something like that, if you're just not prepared for it, if it's just, like, a weird freak coincidence or whatever, I totally get it. It's fine. But you had Thomas Yurko here. You have Eric Gustafson here. To me, it's like you have these extra guys and then... You just refuse to use them? That's awful coaching. This loss tonight is on Joel Quenville, whom I've been very supportive of recently because I feel like he's been making some good decisions. He made a blatantly dumb one tonight that cost the team the game. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about it. And look, the players had to perform. They've got to come through. That power play has to be better. I don't care if your legs are tired. I don't care whatever. If your legs are tired, simplify things. Instead of trying to carry the puck into the damn zone when you know there's going to be four Minnesota Wild players just standing there waiting for you, dump it in, get things going. The extra passes were driving me insane. Last night, they kept the power play simple, and it worked. And I don't think it was not working because Brent Seabrook was in the lineup today. I'm not going to – you know what I mean? It's not that. It's just a matter of, yes, the players made some mistakes too – but Quenville put them in a bad position. He put them in a bad spot. Like you said, 26 minutes for Jordan Osterley on the back end of a back-to-back. 26 minutes for Patrick Kane tonight when, in, like I said earlier, in a tight game, you want him to be fresh at the end of the game, not dog-ass tired. 
it was just a horrible approach. And I know we're doing the hindsight 2020 thing, but I questioned it when I saw the lineup today. What is the point of that? What is the mindset? Why change a damn thing after an 8-2 to two win? I don't get it. Stick with what works. Stick with it. Brent Seabrook would understand. Look, uh, I wanted to get you back in today. We won 8-2 to two last night, so we're not going to mess with anything. Have, another, have a seat, right? Take another night off. I just I feel like this game was so winnable. It was so important. And Quenville just outcued himself, and it cost the team the game. I really think that. I really believe that. And yet, like like you said, it's just it's over coaching is what it is, and trying to be more clever than you need to be. All you had to do was literally swap Richard Panic for Thomas Yurko. That was it. That's all you had to do. And yet Joel decided no, it'd be a much better idea to play you know roulette the entire night and just shake things up constantly it's just it's dumb and tell me what the point of patrick kane skating with tommy wingles and lance boma is there is no damn point to it those guys have played really well lately and they haven't needed patrick kane to do it i know their possession numbers haven't been great that's totally a different argument for a different day but right now what i'm focusing on is those guys have not needed Patrick Kane to be out there for, you know, double shifts all the time. That's not necessary. The guy is an all-star, yes. You want him on the ice as much as possible. But the fact that you literally just were like, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and play him 27 minutes a night after he got you five points, just it's not smart. It's not good coaching, and Joel should not have done it and, frankly, cost his team two points tonight. And let's look at this one, too. You've got Alex DeBrinkett in a uh, tie game or one-goal trailing game. Uh, the Brinkett had three shots on goal in 11 minutes. He played 11 minutes. Guess how many, how much time Alex DeBrinkett had on the power play today? 14 seconds. Ryan Hartman gets two minutes on the power play. Patrick Sharp, who's been scoring lately, sure, gets three minutes on the power play tonight. That's second only to Jonathan Taves. It's, come on, what are we doing here? You've got... These players that are that have thrived in the power play, that have shown they could set things up, specifically Alex DeBrinkett, who is one of your more natural scorers, one of your better playmakers, you're down a goal late. Get him on the ice, please. I just, I, I just some of the things, and I, I know you know maybe we're overreacting to one loss, but it's a huge loss. It's a huge loss. You don't think these two points are going to count come the last week of the season when the Hawks are playing all their divisional opponents, trying to wrap up that last playoff spot absolutely it's going to count and you're going to look back at this one and say man that's the one that got away that's the one we should have won and they didn't for so many reasons all right i know we're sort of talking in circles here we're frustrated about the loss but let's talk about the good news of the day the blackhawks acquire anthony duclair and adam clendening from the from the arizona coyotes for (laughs) richard panic and larry dolphin rest in peace larry dolphin what was your favorite hawks larry dolphin memory the day they traded him and the day we named him late. Actually, no, I'm going to take this back. It's the day that we found out that he actually calls himself Larry Dolphin on Twitter. Yeah, that flipper. was my favorite day. <laughs> all right. Well, that I think that was all totally worth it. My fantasy team name is the Miami Dolphins. So uh, <laughs> I, I love the trade. I think there's literally nothing you could say about this deal that is bad. Um, you get one of the like you mentioned at the start. One of the fastest skaters in the game, 22 years old, has scored 20 goals before. Uh, looks like he needs a change of scenery, and he's going to get it. 
you would expect him to play on the top six, maybe on that left wing with Schmaltz and Kane, move Ryan Hartman back down. Um, I, I think that this is a no-brainer. And maybe it pans out, maybe it doesn't. Maybe he is just like a 20-goal, you know, 35, 40-point guy. That's still pretty damn good. And I think even at this point right now, Declare is a better player than Richard Panic. So if you want to look at it strictly for today, I think the Hawks win a trade. Not to mention he's four years younger. He's $1.6 million cheaper. It's an absolute no-brainer of a move. He's a restricted free agent at the end of this year. He makes $1.2 million right now. Uh, pretty safe to assume that if they want to, they'll be able to lock him up again long term. So I love the deal. I don't see a downside to it. How about you? I definitely do not see a downside to it. I mean, I said yesterday that it felt like the Blackhawks were moving in a more speed-oriented way. It looked like they were kind of tailoring their roster to that a little bit. And then they turn around and literally make that trade today. And Stan Bowman, during the intermission report on WGN, I think after the first period, even said, look, we're looking to get faster. We like the fact that we're adding that dimension to our game, and that's what we're looking to do with this trade. And then Jordan Osterley came on in the second intermission and said the exact same thing. This clearly is a change in philosophy for the Blackhawks that they talked about all offseason and now we're really firing away at as we move forward with this season and I they mentioned that they had been interested in Duclair before and he definitely was a guy that was kind of on the radar a little bit just because of the uh, cheap contract that he's on and the fact that he's only 22 years old I there's literally to me like I don't care if Richard Panic scores 25 goals the rest of the season and absolutely blows up in Arizona I really don't think that was going to happen for him here this year and I'll take my chances with a guy like Anthony Duclair who basically is like a lottery ticket to me I feel like with his speed and his offensive upside I feel like there's a lot to like about his game and there's a lot that he can add to the mix here in Chicago and I think it was a really smart move by Stan Bowman and I really think that the things that you had to give up to get him simply weren't that bad I mean Larry Dolphin he wasn't coming up anytime soon if the, if he was going to he would have there were several opportunities for the Blackhawks this season to call him up and they didn't so clearly he did not figure in their long-term plans and obviously Richard Panic was not worth 2.8 million dollars and I think the fact that the Blackhawks were not only able to get a quality young player with a ton of upside in exchange for giving up that contract and getting about 1.6 million dollars in salary cap relief to me it's a no-brainer that Stan Bowman won this trade Let's take a look at the numbers that Declare here. This year in 33 games, nine goals, six assists. That's obviously 15 points. A minus five on a team that is so awful. Just pitifully, horribly sucky. The Arizona Coyotes, minus five, not that bad. Last season in 58 games, five goals, 10 assists, minus seven. 2015-16, his first season with Arizona in 81 games, 20 goals, 24 assists, 44 points, uh, 49 penalty minutes as well. Um you know you see the potential here you see the tools you see that and i was looking at something today sort of a trade deadline preview right after the trade happened i just googled duclair's name and it said duclair could be the steal of the trade deadline that's you know the hawks getting in front of what could be a large market for him when yep. the trade deadline rolls around so i like that they're acting quickly 
They know the guy they want. They're doing it. They're not waiting until the deadline day when his value is going to be uh, through the roof, when the offers are going to be coming in as teams get desperate. I, I love that they did it now as opposed to a month from now. I completely agree with that. And uh, I teased on Twitter earlier that I was going to make a comparison for this trade. And I want to know what you think of it. Tell me if I'm off base here. Okay. Th- this trade kind of reminds me of the Cam Barker trade, where you trade a kind of known commodity for a guy who's more, he's young, he has upside, he's cheaper. And obviously that trade came with like an extra veteran guy in Kim Janssen. And, but I, that's kind of the way this trade feels to me. You're giving out away a guy who really isn't going to fit into your long-term plans here, and he makes too much money, et cetera, et cetera. And you're getting back a guy who can potentially be a future piece for you for several seasons. So I kind of feel like this is almost like a Cam Barker for Nick Letty trade. What do you think? I, I think I see the similarities. I just think it's going to help more quickly. Because correct me if I'm wrong, Letty didn't really make an impact right away, right? Did he not? He didn't come to the Blackhawks right away. I think there was a year well, before he came up and started contributing. If I'm not mistaken, I might be wrong. Yeah, Nick Letty, uh, they traded for him the year after he was drafted. So, no, he did not immediately come into the NHL. But he was a first-round pick. I think he was like 15th or 16th pick overall when they traded for him. And so that was kind of where my brain went was just like, look, you go to the guy who – has upside and obviously Anthony Duclair actually has an NHL track record but and Nick Letty didn't but at the same time I definitely feel like you trade the guy who's kind of like worn out his welcome a little bit and is kind of maxed out which you can realistically anticipate from him and get a guy who could potentially make a big impact for your team and that's kind of where my brain went when this trade was made yeah I see what you're saying for sure definitely I a, a good comparison by you uh i like it i think most hawks fans love it i saw i think sportsnet ran a poll who won this trade and it was 79 percent chicago yep. um so i don't think there's any question about it i, I just i kind of wonder what is it what is arizona doing i don't declare asked for a trade and their gm said this is the best offer they've gotten by far but i don't know man like i know he wanted a trade but your team's not going anywhere this year if he's a problem just keep him in the minors till you can deal him because um, like I said, at the deadline, his value was going to go up. But, hey, I'm happy it worked out this way. The Blackhawks get the guy that they've had an eye on for a while, it turns out. So, uh, all in all, a pretty good day, a pretty good 48 hours. They, the Hawks played well today in a back-to-back. They could have won. Uh, I think their coach sort of sabotaged them, like we said. But overall, things are pretty good. Now, I got one more announcement. Um, James, we've been talking for months about our Chicago Wolves event. I have, before these tickets went on sale, I purchased four of these Mm -hmm. tickets. Next week, we're going to have a downtown Chicago scavenger hunt where we're going to give you clues on Twitter, on the Madhouse Pod account, on where we're hiding these tickets. And you have to come downtown or leave your office or whatever you're doing and try to find the remaining four tickets for our Wolves event. It is completely sold out. The only way you can go is getting one of these pairs of tickets downtown during our scavenger hunt next week. James and I are going to talk. We're going to pick a day. We're going to look at the weather, make sure it's not pouring rain so your tickets don't get ruined. And we're (laughs) going to hide two pairs of tickets in the downtown area next week for you guys to 
try to find and win, and you will join us on the 20th at the uh, All-State Arena for the Wolves-Condors game. You'll get a Madhouse T-shirt, a Madhouse koozie, a Wolves bag, and a Wolves hat. It's going to be a great time. So keep your eye on the Twitter account, at MadhousePod, for your chance to win. We'll give you plenty of notice on when the scavenger hunt's going to happen, uh, and then that afternoon we'll start doing it, we'll start planting them, and it'll be up to you guys to find them. So uh, good luck. Again, keep an eye on the Twitter account. We will see you guys out there at the event. And I do want to say thank you to everyone that did buy tickets. Uh, very awesome. I'm so glad it sold out. I set the bar a little bit higher than maybe I thought would sell. And uh, as always, you guys blew our expectations away. So thank you. We'll see you out there on the 20th. It's going to be a great time. Uh, yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. I didn't even realize that you had uh, sneakily bought those tickets. That's a really good idea that you did not make me privy to. And I feel I feel kind of betrayed, Jay. I, I, I would have loved <laughs> to have been part of this James. planning process. That is a I, I've stolen that idea from Danny Parkins. That was his thing all year was to, he would buy just blocks of Sox tickets and hide them around the city so people wouldn't go to Sox games. It's good grassroots marketing, getting people thinking about us, being in the front of mind and all those things. And uh, it's a way to say thank you to those that maybe can't afford to go. Put some effort forth, and maybe you're going to be rewarded and, and join us at the game. So it's going to be fun. Can't wait. And and, and as we go and as uh, the podcast grows, these things are going to happen more and more often. Another thing today, James, I was talking to the people at Chuck's, and they're revamping their menu Mm-hmm. And they would like us to come out and do a podcast taste test. Oh yes! Of the new menu items, I said I think I can convince James to do that. I think we can figure it out. I'm sold. When am I coming? <laughs> yeah, well, that, maybe that's our first priority before the wrap, before the uh, scavenger hunt. Let's figure out the day you and I can go and devour all of Chuck's new menu items and drink lots of beer and have a lot of fun. Yes, it sounds great. All right, man. Thank you for joining me. I was uh, planning on joining you, by the way, anyway, before the trade even happened, because I had an appointment downtown at three and I kind of didn't do the math that, well, it's only an hour and then I'll get on my train and be home by 530, <laughs> uh, which I was. So um, glad to be here with you. Glad we had a big trade to talk about. Unfortunately, the Hawks lose two to one to the Minnesota Wild, but it is what it is. We'll be back at it next game, hopefully breaking down the debut of Andrew Duclair. Uh, Anthony declare my bad. Good Lord, I cannot man. wait to. Uh, I love when new players get acquired, so I'm really <laughs> excited about the next Blackhawks game. So we'll talk to you after then. Until then, the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast has been brought to you by Marishka's Triple Threat Sports, Chuck's Southern Coverage Cafe, and SeatGiant.com. Make sure to use promo code Madhouse to check out to save. We'll talk to you soon on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. <laughs>